Hi, I'm Darren Steele, and this is Think Queerly, where my intention for the show is to help you to show up in the world with humility, impartiality, open-mindedness, compassion, and without contention. Now, the latter is sometimes very difficult, and my approach as a coach to self-mastery is an intersection of self-examination, the neuroscience of transformational coaching, and my ongoing study and contemplation of the Tao Te Ching, which forms the foundation of the philosophy I'm developing for human-heartedness in, in personal leadership, how we lead our lives. In today's show, I want to speak with you about how expectations limit our creativity and personal liberation. Now, when we expect something to happen or someone to do something, we create a resistance to the natural flow of infinite possibilities to everything that could happen in our lives. Why is that? Well, expectations are artificial projections onto the external world about something we want to force into being, something we want to happen. And they're either unrealistic, you know, demanding ourselves to perform some sort of a goal or outcome, or they're a limitation that we attempt to hold over someone else. The thing with expectations is they nourish our ego's need for control. And if your ego's not in check, it's hungry. It's like the crack for the ego, giving it everything that it needs to get bigger and bigger and more out of control. So when you expect something to happen or someone to do something, that is in fact out of alignment and discordant with the natural order of things. And to say this in a different way, just because you wish something were so doesn't mean that you have magical powers to manifest your expectations. Now, expectations are like stories. They're narratives ground in our own presumptions of what we want to happen and projected into a conditional future. And conditional future because we're looking at the future with limitations of how we expect it and want it to turn out. So this is a very oppressive way of thinking and projecting into the future. It constricts our connection to universal creativity and natural flow. So I want you to use your imagination for a moment. And you're outside somewhere in nature, and you step into a rushing river. It's not very big, but you can step into it and you grab at the water with your hands while the water rushes downstream in a vain attempt to manipulate the course of the water. You're trying to grab it. You're trying to stop it. You're trying to control it. But you can't control a rushing river with your bare hands. Your plans for water domination are going to come to nothing, right? Well, the same is particularly true of having expectations of yourself or of others. Now, generally speaking, 
Expectations are the impositions we place on others, which make our expectations unrealistic. Because expectations sound something like this. This person had better do what I told them to do because, and whatever reason you have. So expectations limit the possibility of an organic, of a natural outcome, which is why our expectations can never be met. Because the conditions of an expectation are like rigid demands made by our ego, which is always seeking control or some form of validation. And you've probably heard the expression that goes something like this. You will never live up to the expectations that other people have of you. Now, expectations are contrivances of the ego. They're artificial ways of trying to make control of a situation. And our ego is the source of disconnection from other human beings and the source of separation from the natural world. I'm talking about when the ego gets out of control and takes over almost completely. When you place conditions on what you expect of others, or your dog, or the economy, or the election, well, you're trying to control that which you can't. And it's just an attempt to meet your own selfish needs. Like earlier, trying to control the river with your bare hands, you can't control what another person thinks or does just like you can't control the weather, you can't control the stock exchange. So this is an example of going against the current. And metaphorically, this makes your life difficult. You're unconscious of your ego's stubborn need to win against the odds. And the odds are against you. And it's a losing battle working against the current. And that provides the clue to what's wrong with this approach. Namely, selfish needs can only be met by the self. Selfish needs can only be met by the self. As your, your expectations are never mutual. They are always one-sided and they are always exclusively your problem. They're your issue. Now, when you want to work with somebody else to solve a mutual problem or situation, consider instead an agreement. Now, with an agreement, you create a human connection. You allow the other person to accomplish the outcome in their own natural and creative way. And possibly the same holds true for you if it's an agreement that has each party doing something to fulfill an obligation and it's something they can both look at it and say, yes, I held up my side of the bargain. I held up my side of the agreement. And like goal setting, if you're too attached to an exact and precise outcome, which is another way of saying an egotistical expectation, well, you might just end up being disappointed and frustrated if you don't manifest that goal exactly as the way you pictured it or planned it. You know, simple example, let's say you wanted to create $10,000 more in your business, be it in a month or in the course of a year or by a particular date, and you only came up with $7,959. 
Would that be a failure or would that be a win? So we cannot control the outcome. We can only control the choices we make for the action we are taking in this infinite present moment. Going back to the goals, just to sort of hit that point home one more time. The goal is about the process. It's holding on to that intention, to that idea, to that picture. And when you pay attention to the process, you should have an idea if you're going to get close to or supersede the goal. So I want to share a very personal story with you to try and come out of this very cerebral approach to expectations and to touch on just one part of it, because I could probably give you a lot of personal stories to bring some points home, but I've covered a lot here. So about a decade or so ago, 11, 12 years ago, I I was dealing with a problem that I had for a little while. And that was that I needed a lot of attention and validation that I often mistakenly got from sex and sexual attraction. And this led to a lot of expectations around what I thought I needed to get from others to feel good about myself. And I dated this guy for a few months who was the most emotionally toxic um, guy I've ever dated. He was borderline abusive, not physically, but in the emotional sense. And yet I stuck with him because when he wasn't sober, so when he was a little drunk or a little bit high, he was so kind and gentle and vulnerable and a a joy to be around. And it just deepened my connection with him more and more. So, you know, that situation of smoking pot and drinking a lot with him really did not help my, you know, intellectual capacity to be able to make the best decisions for myself at that time. And you can probably guess that that relationship ended badly. And it did in that I was a mess. I was an emotional mess. Um, I actually worked through it a little bit in therapy because I just couldn't deal with it. I had to go on antidepressants for a couple of weeks so that I could stay asleep without waking up into this mental obsessive panic about what did I do wrong. And thankfully I got over it. And I'm glad looking back that I've had this experience to understand that part of myself and, and when expectations can really get out of control. Now, six months later, good friends of mine had a beautiful five-year-old male boxer dog who they couldn't take care of anymore. They had a newborn. My friend was going back to work after maternity leave and Buster was, um, peeing on the floor. He wasn't getting enough attention. And he was a big guy. He was an 80 pound strong dog. And because we were all friends, they thought this would be the perfect situation for me to adopt him. They'd be able to see him. And well, Buster became my teacher, my mentor. It wasn't something I realized until a good year or so after bringing him into my life and home. And 
just him being taught me that no matter how much I expected from him to try and follow a command, that's not how it worked because I didn't speak dog. And it was only through the development of my own patience, not with him, but with myself, did he begin to respond with improved behavior. And there's a strong correlation between patience for yourself and expectations. So what Buster taught me was the dance of going with the flow, of not working against the current. And the more I understood his true nature and what he would need from me, the more he followed my lead, as if it was the most natural thing to do. And most importantly, the lesson of patience taught me about the number of expectations I had been putting on myself during that time in my life for all sorts of expected outcomes and performance, as well as the expectations I had, the unrealistic expectations I had of other people, what I thought needed to happen in the world that had nothing to do with me, nothing that I could control. The more I practiced patience, the more it allowed me to catch myself in creating expectations And that led to more self-acceptance and the personal responsibility of taking care of my own needs. Like I said before, selfish needs can only be met by the self. And the more I met my own needs by myself, the happier and more contented a person I became. So now I want to get into flow, the natural state of flow and flow state and how that's the antidote to expectations. I want you to just go back to that image of the river. Just imagine our flowing river, the one you tried to control with your bare hands, and stand at the edge of the river. Watch it flowing effortlessly downstream. It's going over rocks and under branches that have fallen across the river. It's going around big boulders that are in its way. And even if it goes downstream and suddenly encounters a massive impediment, something that maybe wasn't there yesterday, it would just slowly collect and rise to meet the point, the top of the impediment, and then just flow over it. And as you watch the river, you'll realize this happens without effort, without regard for time, without regard for any condition. It doesn't matter whether it's sunny, cloudy, dark, daytime or nighttime. Water flows dispassionately without expectation for how or where it will flow and end up. It just flows. And that is the state of creativity, of abundance and flow. And creativity is the highest form of our humanity. It is us as human beings expressing our greatest potential. And flow state is the concept of being immersed in the present moment of that fluid, creative expression. And we've seen this in the architecture of the world, of the incredible cities of the world, of the inventions. These came from 
high states and prolonged states of flow where people were able to come up with these ideas and put them into some form of a plan and to see them all the way through to the end, adjusting them along the way. Now in flow state, you lose all sense of time and place. Just like water, you flow freely and without hindrance in the present moment of your creative endeavor. And that could be writing, singing, drawing, teaching, exercising, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be just something necessarily artistic. Now imagine that in those creative endeavors, you impose deadlines on yourself, ideals, restrictions, conditions. You put more and more expectations upon what you expect from your flows of creativity. How would that feel? Do your expectations now suck the life out of the free-flowingness, the non-controllable state of pure creativity? I can answer the question for you as a resounding, yes, it does suck the freedom out of flow state. It sucks you right out of the potential of being in flow state because of your thinking expectations. You're thinking with conditions. And flow state does not work with conditions. It works all by itself, so without forcing and without any concept of time or place. Now, this connects to who we are and in having an ego, because our awareness of the fact that we have an ego sets us apart from all other beings on this planet. And human beings appear to be the only beings, the only creatures that have an ego. And it is our ego that seeks to define and identify. Our ego starts first with I, and then what is mine? So I, I am Darren. That is my name. And then all the things that I want to protect or possess, the things I want to have, the validation I need, the, uh, the adornment, or not adornment, sorry, the adoration that I want from others for maybe a job well done, or somebody noticing that I'm smart. So our ego, which sets us apart from all other beings on this planet, is in opposition to oneness. And I think this could be considered almost the primary duality of humanity. And without this duality, we wouldn't be aware that we have an inborn nature to exist in harmony with the natural world. We are born of nature. We are born in and of nature. We are of the natural order of the entire universe. We are organic entities of all that is. We have the ability to experience the oneness of all things, but that means in part we need to get out of our heads. We need to get out of our ego. The duality is this ego which aims to create separation from others, other people, and that does so out of fear. It does so out of the need for self-importance or the protection of what we consider to be our property be that our identity or our things. Whereas oneness, unity, oneness in humanity, oneness in the understanding that we are all 
together on this planet, an organic part of this planet. Oneness is the awareness that we are of this world and that we play a part in the machinations of this world. The world is in us as much as we are in the world. We are all part of this organic entity called Earth. It's only our ego which acts as an impediment to oneness. It separates us from the natural order and seeks to manipulate it for selfish reasons rather than to work with it, which is natural and equitable. Our natural state is not one of resistance or expectation. Our natural state is one of allowing. And it's a state of mind a deeply felt awareness of not forcing that which we cannot control. When we learn to lead our lives without expectation, then there's nothing to be evaluated, measured, or recorded in a competitive sense. And then good things happen, and they just show up in your life when you least expect it. Because, as the expression goes... You have no expectations. You have no ego-based limitations about what you are willing to accept or tolerate. Instead, you simply allow what happens to happen while concurrently doing what you do best, allowing yourself to be your most creative. So by allowing, good fortune happens to us with present moment intentionality being emotionally grounded in what we are most intentional about doing. And then attention, the focus on that which you are doing. Okay? So good fortune happens with present moment intentionality and attention to what you are doing. Your present moment focus facilitates progress as something you can see It's manifest. It's come into being when you look back at what you have accomplished versus measuring against a set of expectations that you created sometime in the past to set up some controlled future, some future in a box, which you actually cannot control. You can't control this future that you want based on expectations. You can only be in this moment right now doing one thing with intention and attention. Because anything else is based on the ego's emotions of worry or fear. Now, worry is always based in the past, whereas fear is in the future. So worry is past-based events, and fear is future-based expectations. Our ego lives outside of the present moment and seeks to control the world from outside of the self. I'll say that again. Our ego lives outside the present moment, meaning it's anti-flow, and it seeks to control the world from outside the self by trying to protect us in some way. But we are naturally creative beings 
and thus creativity is not born of expectations. We create effortlessly when in harmony with the natural order of things. In a state of flow outside the artificial constructs of time and ego, at peace within ourselves, joyfully being and allowing in the present moment. So there's a lot to take in with today's episode, and I hope it's given you some interesting opportunities to reflect on your own life and perhaps to ask yourself the question, do I set up a lot of expectations or where do I impose expectations in my own life, either upon myself? What do I expect of myself? How do I expect myself to perform? What do I expect myself to get done? Or the language that you may have going on in your head about others and what you expect them to do, or that you might even verbalize. So that would be my invitation to you today, is if you want, listen to this episode again, and listen for the nuggets that really stand out to you. Something that really strikes you is probably something that you may want to investigate further in your own life to see what you can learn about yourself. And I hope, and I'm quite sure that I've provided enough examples for how to frame this duality between expectation, which is ego-based, and our natural state of oneness and creativity. How can you live more in that state of humility and acceptance and oneness and express your creativity and meet your own needs, your selfish needs, which is just another way of saying your own needs by your self, instead of projecting your expectations onto others or onto situations outside of yourself for which you have no control. And if you have a question or want to share any insights that you've taken from today's podcast, of course, I'd love to hear from you. Just head over to my website and find the contact me form and send me a message. 